0: Welcome everyone to
1: Weekly Comics Monthly. I am Jim Purcell.
0: And I'm Zach Hawkins.
1: We're coming to you uh, with a brand new podcast.
0: Basically, the intention of this this podcast was to just cover two of the, I'm sure many, weekly comics that are available on the market, but they are two of the most prominent. Um, First off would be the British comic 2000 AD, which has been running since 1977 and is basically a breeding ground for some of the best sci-fi in comics. Yeah, the, the, and the, uh, the most,
1: some of the most famous creators in comics.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, and then the second one is a English imprint of a Japanese comic called Weekly Shonen Jump. Now, there are some variations from the English and the Japanese one, which I will briefly go over later on, but um, it's more inclined to action and kind of down-to-earth, comedy series than uh, shown in, uh, I mean we um, two thousand AD is they're two very different comics but they're very prominent on the stands right now, particularly on the digital stands. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah both 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 series what they have in common is that they're both serial anthologies that come out every week. They the stories are ongoing, they keep you invested to keep coming back week after week. Um mm. uh, but they're all well their similarities they have similarities and they have quite a bit of difference. I think that oh, makes a of a very interesting so- to read them side by side.
0: I I was also kind of grateful because 2000 AD is the oldest of the two by a sizable margin. Shonen Jump's been going in Japan for a long time now, but as an English reader in its current format, it's only been around since early 2013. So it's definitely the younger of the two.
1: Yeah. Um. Originally, Shonen Jump, uh, in English, did come out as a print series uh, it, throughout the 2000s. But, at some point, sales dwindled, and it w- was cancelled until finally yeah. it came back in this digital only form. What I think ultimately is the stronger for it, whereas previously in yeah. print it was stuck being monthly, yeah. whereas now it can be weekly like it like its original source from japan
0: yeah, uh, it also helps the digital it just speeds it all up because now, whereas before it was stuck to being reprinted material from. Up to four years ago. Now it's day and date with Japan.
1: Yeah. Any any new series running in Japan runs in jump the same week, which, in a lot of respects, it helps. Um, Scanlations were a big problem in the early days because they would be months, months, years behind, and all the stuff would be available online. Now it's available immediately, and there's less incentive mm. for it to be stolen because it's you know available. Yes. Um, 2000 AD, of course. Runs as a print comic, which is one of the coolest things about it, is that it comes out every week in print, every Wednesday.
0: Yeah, um. and I was I was reading 2000 AD weekly as a physical comic for two three years before I switched to digital. And beyond a doubt, it was it was all it would always be there, if not Tuesday evening, first thing Wednesday morning. It, it, the fact that they managed to do this every single week. Really does just show how much practice the distributors have got at this point.
1: Yeah, and and really, both comics have really impressive shipping schedules in terms of turnaround of content to shipping. uh, Because in in two thousand eighty, there's a bit. They have a bit of a buffer to make sure they have enough content. Whereas in Japan, most of the stuff is getting printed like the week. It's being made the week before. Yeah, their deadline is their deadlines are absurd. In Japan. Yeah. So yeah, this, it's like two different, it, it's like two very similar comics, but they also have very different um, cultures behind them, mm. which makes it fascinating just to have them juxtaposed next to each other.
0: Yeah. And even more so against the monthly comics that come out from America, because we don't really have any monthly comics here in the UK. Right. It's it's not really a thing. The, the, the UK comic industry isn't as big as it used to be. Right. Because back in the day, 2000 AD had sister magazines like Battle and The New Eagle and everything like that. We don't have them anymore. We just have 2000 AD, and Judge Dredd Magazine, which is a spin-off. Spin-off. And, and Commando. Uh, Commando, which somehow keeps itself afloat, even though seemingly it doesn't really seem to get any new readers. Um, and then you've got occasional like original graphic novels from people like, um, Brian Talbot and, um, Gordon Renee. Um, the only other monthly title I can really think of is Departments of Monstrology, which um, right. finished a while ago, but it's coming back next year, I think. Um, but other than that, it's, you know, it's a couple not- of
1: homegrown publishers. You have Titan. They put out, oh, of course, they put, put out Tank Girl these mountain. days, among other things. Yes. Um I want to think there is there was one other uh whoever does is Department of Monstrology. I forget what their publishing name is, but I know they have several comics under their wing, yeah. not just Department. Yeah. Which was a good Very comic. Good I That's I really good. should we should talk about that in a future cast.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you want to move on, we'll um talk about uh, the last four issues of 2008 AD or Progs as they're known as programs.
1: Yeah, let's talk about uh, 2000 AD.
0: Okay, uh you mentioned in a previous podcast I start uh, I start well, I guest appeared in for Savage Fincast that you were a couple of weeks behind on 2018.
1: Yep, and I successfully uh, managed to catch up about an hour
0: before we started recording. That was kind of, I was kind of concerned that obviously talking about certain things, uh but I can now put that to rest. Yes. What what did you think of the um John Wagner um, story arc because obviously talking about Judge Dredd. Yeah, in Judge Dredd.
1: Um, yeah, we're talking about um, Breaking Bud, which yes. was the most recent John Wagger. I believe it was a four-parter. I believe. Yeah, uh, I think it was a five. Might have been a five-parter. Yeah, I thought. Um, overall, it was a pr- a pretty in in a lot of ways, it's a standard Judge Dredd story. You've got a you got a character who's reached the breaking point and he decides to take the law into his own hands, and hmm. um. Things don't go well for him as they tend to not do in Mega City One. Um, I I I thought overall it was a, it was a it's a decent Judge Dread story. It, in a lot of ways, it's a typical Judge Dread story. It's a lot of Oof. a lot of uh, vi- a lot of violence, a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, dark humor, a lot of
0: uh... it was just the names. Um... Yeah, Breaking Bad. A, run, a, a, a running gag in 2000 AD is the fact that many of the Judge Dredd titles are parodies of popular culture right. movies, song titles. Um, obviously, this one is. There's no prizes for guessing which this one's parodying, but in the past, it's America. Um, it's it's parodied things like American Graffiti, and um, Taxi Driver, right. amongst other things. But um,
1: I gotta say, this one didn't have all, the title. Did not seem to have a lot to do with Breaking Bad as far as story goes, other than a father who's down on his luck looking for a way to help his family out. It's very, very um, uh, loose in terms of connection there.
0: But there's also the fact that it was a follow-up to a story that was published in the magazine. That's
1: right. I forgot. Well, I didn't forget about that. I just forgot to bring it up. This is a follow-up to a story that ran in the magazine last year. Where I believe this this device, this wrist device that allows all these fancy things, it makes you go invisible and teleport mm. and shoot laser blasts. And I can't remember if the fourth button did anything. Um, oh, yeah, tell the truth. It forces people to tell the yes,
0: truth. Yes, yes. This the, was found the, the, the in a device.
1: It was found in a pit of dead bodies post chaos day. And you know what's yeah. funny? That, that, that point, how it ended up in that pile of dead bodies, never comes up in the story.
0: It did it it was brought up in that original story that was in a magazine, I forget what it was called, but um uh, Dead Zone. It was called Dead Zone. Okay. And um the other basically this gauntlet is a device used by a future agency in an age when the judge system apparently has been discontinued phased out, phased out and or replaced. There were three of these agents originally when the last big event in the Judge Dredd universe, which killed off a heck of a lot of the population which the world lives in. um, There there was a passing comment by one of these agents that had survived saying that one of them had just disappeared. So obviously he caught the the chaos plague and got buried with the rest of them. But in the story,
1: it introduces a character who has decided to go native and stay in the present, which is Judge Dredd's future. I thought it was her device that was lost.
0: No, she she had hers and her partner had theirs, and obviously in this most recent story-breaking bud, two agents came back to reclaim them. Okay, so, so there was a fourth device. Yeah, there was a fourth device, which was the one that they- was that they yeah, found. That was in that, I think there was actually another one, but it got destroyed. Um I, it's been a while since I read Dead Jones, yeah, but a while. I do seem to remember there were a few of them in that cavern. But they only brought one back for some reason. I can't I can't remember the entire yeah. detail. Well
1: it's kinda of interesting that being that this is a John Wagner story, that he's uh teasing these uh these future story seeds with these future agents. Yes. Like this is something that he was like wants to build slowly over time and he's sort of introducing them and their technology through these stories.
0: Yeah, like well, this should obviously be noted that John Wagner was the original co-creator, the original writer behind Dread. So, I, I this feels like it's going to be a long plot thread that will one day potentially pay off, pay off, and might actually be a big factor in the final ever story arc. Maybe. I'm it, just it, thinking maybe
1: it'll be a Judge Dread mega epic where. Where the Judge Dread future fights an even further future in some kind of time
0: conflict. Yes, I didn't think of that. Could be. Could. John Wagner, I do find to be a very unpredictable writer, so I, I look forward to that a lot.
1: Anything really could happen with it, with this, with this sort of thing. And like I said, yeah. the fact that it's John Wagner writing it makes me think that it's a little bit more important. Yeah, but I think that's a lot of people's impression yeah. sometimes that when John Wagner writes it. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, go on. So when John Ragnar writes it it matters and when other people write it doesn't always matter as much although that's yeah. not as true now as it used to be.
0: No, especially now there's probably only five people writing dread weekly. Uh, Rag Wagner, um Carol, know, Carol Williams and uh, I was about to, I was about to say Renee and Ewing but both of them have kind of Yeah stepped away now so really it's only those three
1: i want to say arthur wyatt writes it sometimes
0: he does but he just seems to kind of be drafted into write the stories that are one part as two parts yeah. at the most he he's not a big long-running story out writer like williams yeah. carol and ragnar are. i think
1: it's better that there's just those three main guys doing it. i think it helps keep things consistent oh, yeah definitely well we could talk about just dread all day
0: yeah, I definitely
1: could. So, what did you think of this latest outing of Grey Area?
0: I am not the biggest fan of the series. No, okay. Um, I've always found it just kind of a bit... A bit you know, we've all seen it before. Um, but this last one, um, especially considering I thought the one previously was like... Well, fuck. <laughs> it's it's like the series just ended... Right. ...with everyone dying. But they weren't actually killed off in a massive explosion. Basically, what happened in the previous story is they took a massive load of TNT up to this massive death star like organism trying to eat eater. yeah that tried that was trying to eat earth they blew it up, apparently those aliens then can teleport you to another entity and then spit you out, so they ended up in a world like their own with this massive alien slum. But humans are part of that rather than the ones, obviously.
1: Right. It's a rule reversal story where previously yeah. they were the authority in this area called the gray zone where aliens are kept to make sure they don't get out into the wider planet. Now yes. they are in another world's gray zone, gray area. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's that role reversal type of story. Now they're trying to convince the local authorities that this god, this world eater is on their way to this world and they won't believe them. I thought yeah. this overall, that, um, this has been a pretty good. This, this has been a pretty good. I, I agree with you. With the way the previous arc ended, having it yeah. come back and it be this, I thought it was a really nice. Uh,
0: Definitely, I, I thought this was a definite step in the right direction. It's definite I I struggle to think how the series could continue once this is right. finished, because it, it feels like they're building up to killing off the, um, the, the just every single, god death star. I can't quite remember what they're called. Yeah. Um, and then that will then end the series, but um, as it is, it really does feel like it's it has a finite lifespan. Well, Dan Abnett, feel...
1: he's pretty much the king of restarting a status quo when he needs to. See, so
0: since yes, I, well, he did it with Insurrection well enough. Yeah, and I really, I really liked that. That we'll talk about Insurrection some other time. But I think Grey Area has this series was a lot better than the previous ones. What do you, what do you
1: think of Mark Harrison as like the artist?
0: I think he was a good choice for this. Um, the previous ones have been not Carl Critchlow. What was his name? Oh no,
1: you're right. It's the guy with like the really um,
0: bulky muscle man type style. Shoot, I'm blanking. Sorry,
1: uh, uh, Richardson.
0: I forget. Yes. Yes, it was something along those lines, but I can't quite yeah, remember. Yeah, he his started name. The,
1: he started the series and um he, yes. he, he, he as an artist I, I know we can't remember the name. Hopefully the, our listeners will have some idea who we're talking about. He also started another series called the 86ers. Um he was the initial it
0: him who did that? He was the was initial shit. artist,
1: but he stopped after like two or three episode uh, 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 chapters because uh, 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 he, he's he's not really um consistent like over time slow artist i guess
0: yeah but i i think the only series he's actually done and finished is outlier and of course there's a sequel to that coming out this week is there yes outlier part two neat um but no obviously going back to gray area you you say he started out i do remember him starting it then he got replaced
1: by a uh, garrett Lee. lee carter lee carter right
0: who I absolutely adore. Uh, so I was rather happy to see that he was doing the art on it. Um, it wasn't his best work, but it's still Lee Carter artwork. Right. So I'm, I'm very happy to see it. Um, I'm good with
1: Lee Carter. I like him. I think his uh, figures, his actions, a little stiff because he goes for this really realistic painted style.
0: Mm.
1: But it's definitely better than some others. So I I, I like it. I liked his uh, most recent Indigo Prime. Uh, story.
0: Yeah, that looked, yeah, especially all
1: the weird imagery. Yeah, yeah, and he, so he works pretty well with this series too. But bringing in Mark Harrison, who I previously primarily knew from his uh, Ten Seconders. Um, he did the first book of Ten Seconders.
0: Yes, he did. Yeah,
1: and I thought that was pretty good at the time. And so this is kind of more of that similar style.
0: I think I pretty much covered all everything I had to say about Gray Area. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, 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 I it says here that it it, it ended in. Um, uh, what what uh nineteen in Prague nineteen thirty one. Uh, uh yes, It says it. it will be back soon. Hopefully
0: not too long. Yeah, because I can imagine this being a kind of ending, quote unquote. That would um, your know, Red Seas did this a lot where left it on a very precarious ending, went away for like three or four years and came back. I'm and everyone still was waiting
1: like, for Sinister Dexter yeah? to resume after last year. Yeah. It's, it like ran for like six weeks, ended on a cliffhanger, and has not returned yet.
0: Yeah, the sinister Dexter does that. It's I I don't even know where the series is going at this point. Yeah, it's... that's a different can of worms. Yeah, we'll though. talk
1: about that someday when it comes back. Yeah. Um.
0: Okay. Oh boy,
1: Slain. Oh boy.
0: Oh. What's? Mm. Slain. I I uh,
1: like um um Simon Davis a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is this is it with Slain now. I mean, the last book I really liked, but in general, Slain is just like. I'll see it's solicitation. and I'll go. Oh, yay! Slain. But then I'll go. Oh, slain. Slain. Hmm.
1: I don't know. Pat Mills and me just have never gotten along in terms of uh, the way he writes. He's really like heavy-handed with like social commentary. It seems to like oh, yeah. bleed into everything he does. To be completely, yeah. to be completely honest, the only thing I ever really liked from Pat Mills is the first three books of Savage.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, does that include Invasion? Uh, I don't not think. Invasion
1: itself. That, that invasion's no. a little bit tired. I'm, I'm talking about the, other, the the 2004 revival.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought the uh, first
1: three books that were drawn by Charlie Adelard were great.
0: Yeah, but after that, I, I, I just agree with that. you on that. I really liked that era for the character. Um, especially considering previously, as you say, Invasion was just a pure... 1970s yeah. kids action comic there isn't an awful lot to say about it that I can't say about other things Savage took a pretty
1: in, uh, the only, the interesting idea and then took it to it's like logical it made conclusion it, yeah
0: it, it made it fulfill it's potential and now obviously we're on book 9 of Savage and
1: it's lost it, a bit of it's, uh, its
0: yeah day. I still like it but no go, going back to slaying, um, I really liked the first story of this current story right, I mean, the, it's called Britannica Chronicles right and um, I really liked the first story arc from last year. Um, it felt like it—it it, it was fast, fast enough moving. It had enough going on. It had enough new characters, enough new ideas, and enough of the older stuff, all while having um, a new and much better art. Well, I don't hate Clint Langley, but he was never a good match for Slain.
1: Yeah, he—I—I I got the same opinion. I mean. I don't. I I kind of like him sometimes at ABC Warriors, but even yep. then, it's not really a terrific fit. He he's got no. a very specific style, and it's really hard to say what it's for. But it, I I definitely can agree it was not for Slain.
0: I'll tell you what it is good for. It's good for um, Warhammer comic uh, covers, not comic covers, novel covers. Right. He does he does literally every single Warhammer four thousand novel cover, and it's all very very good. As a comic artist, no, he's not for me. But Simon Davis is one of the very, best. very unique as an artist. He's got a very European feel to it. He's, it's all hand painted on canvas with oils. I
1: love how you can see like every brush stroke.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. He, the thing is, I like slain artists who look like they work through. And this this was used by Colin on a 2080 forum. Said that he likes the art 2080 artists um, on slain to work through mud. Like, there has to be a lot of browns, a lot of greens, a lot of ugly purples that you don't know where the hell they've come from. Right. And Simon Davis does that in the same vein as Glenn Fabre and Simon Bisley did. He does love his black slash purples. Yes. <laughs> I. Do you remember the scene in the book last year with all the weird mythical animals walking across the bridge? Yeah, yeah, I do. I really, really liked that image, and I actually saw the original print at the Fort Bubble Convention last year. Yeah, it's you. You, I, I stared at it for about half an hour, and I don't think I saw everything Is that was big? on that. It's bloody massive. He paints it's, a, bit a lot it,
1: bigger than print. It's
0: it's an A, somewhere between an A one and an A two canvas. So it's it got scaled down a heck of a lot to fit on an iPad screen. Need it? Yeah, it was a. He's really good like that in in the canvas work and the um the art cards department. Very good like that. But no, Pat Mills for me he's he's lost a lot of I like all the stuff he used to do, like slain and martial law. I love all that. Yeah. But everything from the mid nineties onwards, with the exception of martial law, no. Oh I gotta be honest,
1: I've never caught into Slain. Uh, I've tried several times to get into the early stuff and read like the important stuff like, like uh, what is it, Slain the King?
0: Slain the King, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, just, yeah.
1: Just, I don't know if it's my, my aversion to fantasy in general, but it's always been kind of in-
0: impenetrable. Yeah. Love it or hate it, it, but the thing is, for me, it rings a certain tone because it's pretty local for me. I, I spent several years of my life in Ireland and pretty clued up yeah. on the mythology. Yeah. And... Um, it's just the whole aesthetic of it even if it is just the appearance i do like it and i do like the first six or seven books of slain but then after that it did basically become dull and dreary and trodden it should have ended at uh demon killer really, right. for me but um other than that it's always had a good artist except for the Clint langley years and um I don't think it's going to ever change like that.
1: I think that was a, that was a big issue because when I started reading 2000 AD, Clinton Langley was the slain artist. So I've been dealing with Clinton Langley on it like the whole time until yeah. Davis. And now I like reading it now because the art's so nice. So I, yeah. I, I, I I can and what's I can tell what's going on in
0: his panels. But, but not an awful lot is going on. Is the problem. that's a problem? It it, it's,
1: it feels like Slain's been running away from these guys for like two books.
0: Yeah. Basically, I I would like to see it improved in future, the whole Trojan arc, the story arc with um, the Romans coming to conquer Britannia. I would like to see that, but Pat Mills really needs to step up his script game. Yeah, he's got to find progress a a lot better. Yeah.
1: So anyway, we've Uh, been talking about slain for an awful long time.
0: Yep. So strontium dog.
1: Strontium dog. I got to say, this has been, I've got two thoughts on this arc. One, it's a nice return to form of Johnny Alpha just bounty hunting it up. Yep. So it's a very – it's not like the previous two book, uh – four books where it was like this whole revival of character and this huge mutant war. This feels like a much more traditional um, Stronium dog story. Yeah. And – My other thought is there sure is a lot of casual racism going on.
0: Oh, God. <laughs>
1: the, the whole thing with um, the North Koreans. Oh. I just don't understand why John Wagner would go there. <laughs> It just makes it very th- uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I'll address the racism issue in a second. Uh, but just, yeah, I completely agree with you. I do think the life and death... I'll just briefly go over for people who don't read 2008 we are reading anyway. Struntium Dog is probably the second longest running strip in 2008. The st- second longest consistently running strip It has appeared almost yearly between 1978 and 1999. It then took a massive break and then came back in 2005 and has appeared almost every year since then. Um, It's a pretty important story, mostly because it was also co-created by the same people who created Judge Dredd which are John Wagner, Alan Grant, and Carlos Esquire. Um, Esquire has been almost a predominant artist throughout the entire thing, except for a period in time in the 90s when two different artists took over. But that's heavy spoiler area, so yeah, won't talk about that. Um, but no, this recent strip has basically moved away from the big World War mutants versus humans story arc because the, the the mutants lost their agenda. Most of them were imprisoned. Um, they've got no hope or future now. And basically all the normal humans in the world control the place. Not that I ever changed in the first place. But um, it's moved back to the Strontium Dog Agency, which are a group of mutants who go and get freedom by hunting um, people with huge bounties. In this particular instance, Johnny Alpha, who is the main character and one of the Strontium dogs, um, was sent to go and find a kidnapped ruler of what is effectively future North Korea. That's where the casual racism bit comes in, because previously John Wagner has satirized the American campaign. Yeah,
1: many, many I, historically, yeah, the... the of uh, satirized many governments and cultures, I guess. But yeah. it seems like that was more like the old days, you know, when that thing was just more of a thing that happened all the time. Yeah. Now it just feels like a, a, a way out of place.
0: Yeah, yeah. It does feel like the series moved away from that, but at the same time, the series is moving back towards territory that it used to be like. Right. So back in the day, they had parodies of... Um, the American institution. Um, they even ex- explicitly had Ronald Reagan in one story, right? And they also had Adolf Hitler in one, where he notoriously has a sock shoved in his mouth to shut him up, right? Um, but they satirize everything like that. They even satirize Scottish people. Oh yeah. I don't think I don't think this particular instance of Korean lifestyle was actually a satire of Korean lifestyle. I think it was taking the piss out of a very, very, very corrupt dictatorship. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I get that. It, I, it's not so much that the the corrupt dictatorship stuff was bothering me. It's more than like the naming conventions. I don't know. the char- Oh, yeah. The characters, yeah. the way they were named just yeah. kind of felt like the kind of offensive
0: yeah Yeah, you have uh, Kim Jong-Jing and his grandson Jing Jong-Kim. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, That I, I will agree with you on that. Um... That did seem very stereotypical and very bad taste. Um, if they just left it at mocking the dictatorship, right. I wouldn't have a problem. But the the name thing was a very—I don't think Wagner is a racist oh, no. at all. But he, that that this was a very poorly judged joke, and the fact that it's a joke that springs up throughout the entire run. Yeah, yeah, it, not not the best moments in the, this current run. On, on Strong Team Dog. Otherwise...
1: Yeah, pretty good. You know,
0: pretty good, pretty good. Um, the artwork was, was always, always fantastic.
1: Yeah, a lot of people say that modern uh, Esqueda isn't as good as old, but I disagree. I've always thought he's always yeah. been strong.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's not changed so much that you can't tell yeah. it's him, but at the same time, it's changed to fit his conversion to digital media.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it, he digitally does everything or if it's only digital coloring with digital coloring assist... But uh
0: I believe he still works on paper up to inking. He then ed, um, edits any inking he didn't like on Photoshop and coloring is done by an assistant. Yeah. But either which way it's still lovely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love Stadium Dog, so it's always glad to have it back. Um yeah. and it's it's good to have a little break after all the uh heavy stuff that's been going on in Stadium Dog over the last 4 3 or 4 years. Yeah. So uh, just to, just to, just to conclude our 2008 AD retrospective. We got a couple of new strips
0: in the latest issue. Um, yeah. what did
1: you think? Well, Absalom's back and I love Absalom.
0: Oh, I fucking adore Absalom. I, I mean, it's, I I, miss, I, yeah. I I
1: loved uh, Gordon Renee. He originally did a series called Kabbalistics Inc. And, yeah. and Absalom is sort of a kind of a spin-off.
0: Been, it is a spin-off. Is. Yeah. <laughs> he renamed the character as he originally appeared in Kabbalistic single. But other than that, you just have to overlook that. And yeah. it is, it even has cameo appearances from some of the characters that were in Kabbalistic. And,
1: and both series are supernatural, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, investigative type stories. Cabs. Yeah. It's, Cab, it's, it's, yeah. Cabs was more like, I guess, um, what's the word for it? Uh, not X-Files, probably more x Filesy, where this is more like Hill Street Blues, CSI-type yes. detective
0: stories. Yeah, from a British point of view, um, which obviously it draws a lot of influence from British media, Cabalistics Inc. was Gordon René's answer to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ah, yes. But, but it, the main characters weren't predisp- uh, pre-created fictional characters. It was... New characters in a world where pretty much every fantasy, horror, event in anything ever had happened. I want to say he, he was referenced a lot.
1: He originally prototyped the idea in a, in a, in a one book story called um,
0: Necronauts. I didn't know that Remember this. Necronauts? Ah, Necronauts. Yes, of course he did. Yes, it had That's H.P. Lovecraft yeah. in it. <laughs>
1: And uh, if if you pay attention to some early Kabbalistic Ink stories, they make references to the events of Necronauts. So I I believe they're all canon to each other.
0: Yeah, Necronauts is on my shelf. Also, the old collection, which I think is still available fairly cheaply. Um, It's – I haven't read it yet. It's one of those one-and-done volumes. Now, that that one
1: is a lot like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because it has four historical figures as its uh, main protagonists.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm probably going to get around to it someday, but, um, right now if, you have given me an awful lot more reason to read it now, actually now knowing it is linked to Captain Absalom, but no, um, the, the Absalom story out now looks awesome. Can't wait to see where it's going. Yeah. It's
1: got kind of a, like a religious edge where like someone's, someone's hunting down maybe humans demons. thinking they're demons or something. I don't know. It's got a really interesting hook.
0: Yeah. Now, and then there's helium.
1: And there's helium, which I was, I actually didn't really know was coming because I've kind of been out of the loop on new strips coming. But it's, uh, it's a, it's another Iron Edg- uh, ser- uh series. Who does, yeah. um, uh,
0: what's it called? Um, Brasson. Brass and, and Red Sea Stickleback. Yeah. And Anthony Crusis investigates. Right.
1: And it's drawn by Day De- Israeli, which automatically yeah. makes me wonder if maybe it's tied into that the the, the multiverse he's created somehow
0: i'm inclined to think it will be because to together these guys have worked on stickleback leviathan War of the worlds and scarlet traces which all take place in one universe so yeah uh, the, the, what i've seen of this first chapter leads me to believe that this is one of the alternative worlds that anthony crucis saw when he was kind of jumping between dimensions that's my
1: first thought too because it's, yeah, it's got the poison it, gas, and I rec- remember that one of the worlds he jumped into was like full of poison gas.
0: Yeah, that and it had the creatures living in it, and it had Leviathan in it, obviously who had escaped from his own series. Right. Um, yeah, the Edgington the massive-
1: verse is very, very sprawling. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back like- and read some of those. Uh. Uh. Cru- uh Crucive. Well, how do you pronounce that? Um. Anthony.
0: Anthony Crucis. Yeah, Yeah, the the first collection is out, but it doesn't include the last series. It's been in the loop for God knows how long, and now that Simon Davis is working on Slain, I've no idea when the next one will be out. I don't think anyone knows. I mean, uh, November Bubble. I uh, met Ian Edgington, who was there at the last minute, and I spoke to him, A, about Anthony Crucis. When's the next book coming out? He says he hasn't even written it yet. So it could be a heck of a long time before we see it and he also said that brass sun yeah um does not actually take place in, that in the edgenton universe that
1: makes sense cuz it's got its own it's got its own like cosmology to it
0: yeah he did say though that one possible ending and this i uh, actually no I won't talk about that i'll keep that a secret all right <laughs> I yeah. might know the ending. Oops. Yeah, Oops, better, not, better
1: not tell that to the audience.
0: Nope, done. But he, he has says he has got the ending for Brasson written up, so I think the next one or two books will be the last one for that.
1: Well, I think that's good to keep it uh, at a reasonable length with the beginning, middle, and end. I think that's the smartest thing to do with a series yeah. like that. And it seems like to have gotten pretty popular
0: overall. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I got the hardcover collect in the first three or f- – yeah, it was f- the first three – um, series and I, I'm looking forward to rereading it actually because it's one of my favourite things in 2000 AD at the moment. But yeah, as you said, uh, that's pretty much wraps up 2000 AD. Yep. Um So Shonen Jump.
1: Well, what you, um, what, what was your uh, favourite uh, thrill of the of this this past month?
0: Ah, yeah, I forgot about that. Favorite thrill of the last couple of month. Well, the last month really. Yeah. Um, Strontium Dog. Drontium Dog. I would say Absalom, but it's only just started. Right.
1: I, I'm so, actually going to say Helium, even though it did just start. I thought it came out strong out the what? gate, left a more of an impression on me than most of the other stuff together.
0: That's true. That that is. I completely understand that. And between Absalom and Helium, I think I'm looking at two of my favorite yeah, strips. Yeah, things are strong right now this year. Definitely. But um, as a complete run, as a completed, really, Strontium Dog for me. Yeah. Uh, I, there was nothing I dis well other than the obvious racism issue that we've already talked about. There was nothing I disliked about it. It felt like a classic Strontium Dog story, and I love Strontium Dog. Yep. So, yeah, that's pretty much everything I had to say about 2008.
1: All right. Well, let's move on to the other big one that we read: uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, Weekly Shonen Jump is a little bit harder to to. Uh, it isn't a, um, it strips don't like see the di- main difference between 2000 AD and jump in terms of structure is that in jump series just keep going on forever yes they don't <laughs> go away for 6 months or a year or 5 years
0: yeah they just they are consistent week in week out one chapter installments but
1: that does mean if something ends it's li- it's canceled it's gone it's never coming back yeah. which is sometimes a little bit frustrating
0: we yeah we have one particular title which is a constant bug bear between us yeah uh, it got canceled last year it was one of the best strips i've ever read from weekly shonen jump and it got canceled after uh, 18 weeks
1: And the way it works in japan in japan exclusively where in the weekly Sh- where we were going to talk about this um weekly shonen jump in japan's a little bit different than the english one yes. it has most uh, it has s- let me start over again.
0: It has a lot more titles. The English Shonen Jump has half, not including the three chapter previews um, that come up every time a new series starts. Right. It has twice as many strips as the English one does, not including you know all the monthly things that get added to the English Shonen Jump from other magazines. Published in Japan. Yeah,
1: yeah. J- uh, English Jump draws not only from Weekly Shonen Jump, but several other titles such as um, um, Jump, Square. Jump Squared, uh, Young Jump, and V Jump. Um, and One Punch Man comes from y- the Young Men. Jump website. Right. So it is from... it is related to the Young Jump magazine.
0: Yeah, too. but it's just not part of the magazine. It's published on their website for free. Right.
1: So. With this, the last four, uh, last uh, month, the last four issues, um, it's been generally pretty good overall.
0: Yeah, we've had two new series. Yes. Basically, as part of Shonen Jump, they show the first three chapters of every new series that's published in Japan, and people are allowed one, to give their say in the survey. Sorry?
1: Except one they got passed over this time, but I hear it's not very good anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did read the first issue, and. Um, it, it's pretty, pretty bad. So I'm really not bothered about that. Yeah. It, it, this isn't even like a, oh, I like it. I don't like it, but you might like it. I know your gripes um, about
1: E-Robot. Oh, yeah. E-Robot, which was, it, E-Robot was one of the uh, new ones that came out the last round of um, n- new comics in Weekly Shonen Jump. And it was just a awful
0: yeah, it, it's only um, slightly better than E Robot because the female protagonist isn't a high school t- <laughs> student. It's it's pretty pretty bad. Or well, also it's trying to be a superhero comic in the same magazine that um, publishes Hero Academia. Right. So it's not going to work. <laughs> Which I think, actually, is a pretty good segue into one of the more recent successes.
1: Yes, My from, Hero Academia.
0: Which has been running for a year now.
1: Yeah, it, it, it it's going up on what, chapter 47?
0: Uh, yes. 40, 40, yeah, 46. that was the interesting thing. It didn't actually get an introduction, because at that point, they didn't have the free chapter preview system. Right.
1: It was so, weird, though, because when it started running, I took one look at it and said, hey, this looks like something that would go over pretty well here in English and they decided yeah. not to run it at all yeah and
0: it was... until chapter 40 odd yeah. so yeah
1: Wait, I, so that I, was think little... I think we started getting it with chapter 30 was the first one we got officially
0: yeah okay
1: and it's been running for a couple months now and I gotta say it's definitely one of the best in the in the book right now yeah it's just... I I love it yeah and it's for people who don't know it's a superhero kind of universe where there's a school where they teach kids to to use their powers responsibly as superheroes. And one of the main characters, he was born without any powers, which is unusual in this world. And over a certain arc that we didn't get because it didn't get printed, he got in touch with uh, one of the premier superheroes of the world. And he's been working with him to develop his powers of his own. Yeah. And this most recent arc of My Hero Academia has been a, I guess you would call it a, a um, tournament, tournament fight arc. Yeah. Where the kids have basically been—they've been put pitted against each other as a kind of um, sporting event type thing to to show who's the best, or mm. you know, let them cut yeah. loose a bit. And it's been pretty yeah. good as far as tournament storylines go in shonen manga.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's also nice that it didn't go in the direction that most tournaments do in shonen jump. Usually, tournaments end with a villain of the series intervening and just ruining the whole thing. It happened in one piece. It happened in Naruto. They've been
1: Dragon Ball like
0: four times. Yeah. It it will almost definitely happen in Black Clover at some point. I can imagine. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I've pretty much got the next four years of Black Clover planned out in my mind. I know exactly how that series is going to happen. But here, academia just let it happen. And it ended in an unexpected way because it just, it just ended. Yeah. As a natural conclusion, then we had two chapters of kind of wind down time, which I've really enjoyed because I think what sets Kohei as a writer, the the, the writer and illustrator behind Hero Academia, above his competition is he's not just about the flashy action scenes. Which are good, but he the does way. actually take time to build his characters.
1: And, and all this stuff going on with uh, what's his name, um, the guy with. Uh... Shoto, Shoto, with the
0: the two-colored hair
1: guy who has fire and ice powers, but refuses to use his fire powers. His whole story arc with his his problems with his father is fascinating.
0: Yes, I really like that, especially because um, his father is Endeavor, who is the second most powerful hero in the world behind All Might, who is one of the main characters of the series, and... um, Basically, Endeavor created Shoto as the perfect super weapon to supersede Endeavor. Problem is, Shoto just doesn't like being manipulated and he doesn't want anything to do with it. He's basically a nihilist who just wants to be a good hero. Um, this is going to come around and bite someone in the ass at some point, because I know Endeavor going to be a major villain at some point in the series. Right. I don't picture him being the kind of character who's going to go back after... Years of being an asshole and suddenly be an ally. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could definitely see that kind of, that 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 character and his relationship with his son turning into like this whole thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: But then he also takes like um like the last two last chapter was something that doesn't really get covered in superhero comics is how do they choose their names?
1: Yeah, their th- I actions, thought that was a, their I thought aliases. That, I thought that was really clever to have all the kids choose their superhero names.
0: Yeah. I really, really like that. In particular, the uh, the reference to the, the one of the superheroes, basically one of the hero students, basically has acid for blood. <laughs> uh, so they used an aliens we- reference. Right, uh, aliens. And I was we- just like, I'm amazed they were allowed to publish that because if Fox find out, they're not gonna be happy. It, it, because um, yeah, yeah, yes, Fox is notorious for not letting people use the aliens without the likenesses at all. Life. no, no, they don't like it at all. Um also just one last thing about here, academia. I like how it knows when to be dark and gritty and violent without losing some of the charm and things about it. Um, unlike do you want to talk about the last chapter of uh Quixote?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that because that that that's been um that that just turned up this latest issue and uh, Gaku Hote was a series that started in the last round of new strips that started. It started back in January. Yeah, back in so, January. Yeah. And I thought it was gonna be a smash hit. Um, I yeah, I honestly I mean, did as well. It's got the artist from Death Note and Bakuman, Bakuman, who's like a major superstar, and it's the story is like Phoenix Wright, and everyone loves Phoenix Wright. It's a courtroom oh, drama about elementary school kids. And it was funny and it was well drawn, and except for a few creepy bits, it was actually pretty good.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember when that first happened, and I thought there's never been any indication before now that that would happen. And then after it happened for the first time, it never went away. The, yeah, creepy hypersexualization of, of elementary school kids. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy. I, that was the biggest. I, I'd like to say that was the downfall for the series, but I know it was. not Yeah, that was like just, their
1: attempt to like, didn't save
0: like it. it.
1: That was yeah. that was a, that was the creator's attempt to save it because of the, the of current tastes in Japan. That that, that moe kind of
0: yeah. thing. It's not my proudest part of saying I read manga. Yeah, yeah, kind of got to work I, that, with it sometimes. Yeah, because it it the the series was. Always introducing what appeared to be very dark story arts. Yeah. Like there was one where there was a, a, a high schooler selling what appeared to be white powder yeah. in bags to underage, well, I say underage, kids, yeah. like n- nine year olds. And it was, was one cocaine, there...
1: but not cocaine.
0: Yeah, it was a sugar substitute, it turned out to be. Um, but the, the withdrawal symptoms were still present in a number of characters um then there was one where a fish basically got mashed up in a fish tank turned out it was a completely different fish that they bought from a shopping center yeah. um and it was all it was always getting into like holy crap that's disgusting and then it'd be something completely well not completely mundane right. but oh all right that makes sense but then this last chapter gets- goes full cerebus it goes completely off the deep end and is quite possibly one of the most grimmest things I've ever read in comics. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: they don't they don't shy away from it.
0: No. It, it was, I can remember just actually take, having to take a break from reading because of how depressed I was getting. That was, I've never had to do that reading a comic before. I guess
1: they could get away with it because it was, this is the finale. This is the, f- yeah. the cancellation finale. So, no ramifications.
0: Whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I completely get that. Um, I won't spoil it for anyone who does want to get into it, but do be aware that the last chapter is... It'll have you feeling all kind of sick. So you like, it did was, you
1: like the ending, or did you think it was too much?
0: I, I, as, a, as a final chapter... I think it was longer than an average chapter as well. Yeah. It, it, it was a suitable conclusion. And I think I could look back at it and go, that series had a lot of potential. I might read it again a couple of years down the line. Right. It's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a died in the wall classic like Stealth Symphony was last year, yeah. which was the other series I got cancelled, which some st- we're still waiting on collected editions of that, yeah, by the way. Yeah, you said there
1: were two like finale chapters that we haven't gotten. Yeah. The,
0: the, 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 the that was actually, in the, that, the annoying thing about that is the, the last two chapters of Stealth Symphony, which were published in the graphic novels only, were actually teased in the comment section at the end of Shonen Jump. That's right. So we we were told hey we're going to get more it's never it it hasn't happened I yet. Should
1: send them some 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 messages on, in their in their uh surveys. Yeah. Maybe they're waiting for a skip week or something.
0: Potentially. I'd really like to see that because from what I read it was pretty popular with the English audience. Yeah. So but apparently uh, it
1: did absolutely abysmal in the Japanese.
0: It, it hit rock bottom. I actually have another series that's currently ongoing that I know you like that's also hit rock bottom but um talk, i'll make I'll make that a little note at the end yeah um
1: oh, what else we got, got here other back. new series devilly man
0: oh, what did you make of devilly man it's
1: weird it's like i don't know it's it's almost impossible to describe what kind of a series it even is it's, it's like a comedy is what it is it's a
0: gag series it's, a gag. it's, it's called a gag series it's um Kind of sicko, silly, silly humor with situations that would never happen. Um, but I like the dynamic between the two main characters.
1: Yeah, it's about it's like a devil we've,
0: from we've hell. This old devil character who is completely inefficient in his job of trying to scare people into selling them an old, a hell of a lot of money. Um, and then we've got this like nine-year-old kid who is the pure incarnation of evil. As are all children, but um, I really like that dynamic. I'd like to see it continue. I'd like to see it continue over the other series.
1: Yeah, yeah. You think you like this one more than um, uh, Straighten Up?
0: I don't think Straighten Up has any particular problems other than the typical shonen comedy right. uh,
1: in a high school.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it's in a high it's like, school. It's like
1: um, it's like any There's kind of few new... outdated sexist jokes. Right. It's like a it's, it's like not... a sports manga is what it is. It's going to follow the same general pattern of all the sports mangas.
0: Yeah. Problem is, I don't see either series being a success in Japan. Yeah. So either which one gets through will probably be cancelled in a couple of months anyway. Right. Because Straighten up feels like it's trying to be food wars. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it follows like the food food wars is probably the most successful uh, ver- uh type of. It's not really a sports manga, but I guess it is in a lot of ways. But it's- yeah,
0: it's, it's an intense drama-slash-parody of shonen tropes.
1: Yeah. It's, it,
0: and it does it fairly well. It
1: does. Food Wars is pretty good. The latest Food Wars arc's been okay. It's mostly been about the main character trying to pick a fight in the most uh, hardest way possible.
0: Yeah. It's a it's, it's, um, goldmine for reaction shots. Yeah. Most of, most of the laughs I get from Food Wars are because the main character is such an expression of face. I, I do like that. Yeah, the artist is, of course, prone to the usual kind of cheesecakey yeah. female design. But um, I also like how he does kind of take some of these sexist tropes in Japan and apply it to male characters. Right, he's got
1: the one that walks around naked in just an apron. In an
0: apron. <laughs> yeah. I do find stuff like that funny. Uh, the fact that he is incredibly self-aware and he's actually trying to do something new. It's it's not my favorite thing, but it is the kind of thing where I come around to a new chapter and go, well, at least it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of – like, I
1: mean, it's, it, it's worth reading. I mean, ultimately, it's it's not the worst it can possibly get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like I remember when they showed the second chapter as a preview like last year when they first started to release the graphic novels and thinking it was absolutely ridiculously stupid. Right. And I would never even considerably like it. Now it's it, it occupies a kind of happy place. It's 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 an okay series, right. and I do enjoy it. Yeah, uh, it occupies the same place as World Trigger as being something that's guaranteed to entertain me, if not thrill or excite me, right. in the same right. way other stories do. Speaking of World Trigger.
1: World Trigger is a series I've generally enjoyed since its uh, its arrival. I mean, it was it was actually one of the first series that was new when I was reading it, uh, reading yeah.
0: Weekly Shonen Jump. It um, was the first one to start from chapter one and run weekly, right?
1: Yep. and it's been generally successful. I understand. Um, it's got a it's got an anime, which I don't know if it's doing well or not, but. It's tanking, mate. It is tanking. Is that that? The, is that the? It's
0: it. Sales for DVDs are apparently really good, but viewership by night are appalling.
1: And that's problematic because in the in the Japanese industry, if the anime doesn't do well, the manga suffers. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit bullshit. Unless you're
0: Hunter Hunter, but we'll we'll get to that kind of worms another day. Yeah. Um, oh, world trigger,
1: go on. A uh, world trigger. It's a series I like a lot in general. I like it's it's art serviceable. It does its job. Um, it has a really mm-hmm. strange obsession with um, um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, amputating uh, teenagers.
0: <laughs> yes, it does that a hell of a lot. It's not
1: real amputation because they're 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 just uh the trigger bodies. Yeah, but they Dude's... do like get cut apart a lot.
0: Yeah, what the series is, is it's half alien invasion from another dimension story. uh, Half rollerball type, fighting, tournament, high violence. Well, relatively high violence. Right. um, Kind of series. As I said, it's serviceable. I do enjoy it. Um, I do wonder if it's a series that would age better with time. Like, if I was to come back after the series finished... um, in 20, 30 years, right. look at the volumes and go, maybe I should read it again. I'm wondering if it would be better. See,
1: I th- I think in that regard, it actually would not age as well. I think it's a little bit too strung out and plotting in a lot of respects, but reading it week to week, it's more tolerable.
0: Okay. How do you think other titles like Hero Academia and Toriko would last?
1: I think Hero Academia um, it's, it's it is going to have legs. Shoot, uh, My Hero Academia... If it continues doing what it does and doing it well, I think it will be one of those really memorable series in the future. What was the other yeah. one you were saying? Comp- what do you think?
0: Uh,
1: one Punch Man. Oh, one
0: Punch Man's going to
1: be iconic for the next century. Yeah. They're going to uh, write
0: books about it. In the last God knows how many years I've felt so – I certainly cannot think of a comic in the last so many years that I have actually wept with laughter at. Oh my god, One Punch Man. Yeah, Come, one punch.
1: Actually, One Punch Man was one of the really first series to start. Now that I think about it, One Punch Man I think came out the second digital issue of Weekly Shonen Jump.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a subscriber at that point, so I was reading it through less than favorable sources. <laughs> yeah, but um, and actually now... when it
1: started, it had already been running for like uh like twenty episodes. So we it actually took us actually we got spoiled that first year of Weekly Shonen Jump because it ran weekly for most of the year. Yeah, whereas now it's you know whenever. Yeah, get,
0: like, that's that's the thing, it's a pet project, because basically One Punch Man is an adaptation of a webcomic by the author, known only as One, um, he writes and draws the webcomic, it is viral in Japan, because One is, to be fair to him, not a very good artist, Yeah, but his replacement for the remake, um, Yusuke Murata, is... Uh, is there a word to describe how good he is?
1: Oh, uh, pretty good. Uh, very, good. <laughs> very good. He's amazing. Yeah.
0: it's. Um, I, I've lost count of a number of times. I've just... Um, stared at. Stared at it. Like, how did he even draw a cityscape in that much detail? It, it, on it, it, Because it's all digital art. Yeah. So he's obviously been hunched over a uh, Wacom or whatever for God knows how many hours drawing all that it's like there was the scene in the spaceship with the maze right you are focusing on the uh, Saitama, the one punch man running along this corridor and then it just zooms out and each page is getting bigger and bigger and bigger of just how big this maze is and it is ridiculously intricate by the time you get to the top of it
1: yeah, you say one punch the, the one punch man or as he is now known bald cape
0: Bald cake. I loved that. I loved, 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 loved that. Um I really like where this current story arc is going. Um but then again I love One Punch Man whatever story arc it takes. It could do a boring ass tournament fighter and I'd still love it.
1: What's amazing about One Punch Man is that even three years on now, it's it, it its core concept has not worn out its welcome. No. S-
0: it's still yeah.
1: Saitama is absurdly powerful. And yet, that still says that stays relevant. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's amazing how 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 well the book manages to not fall into the trap of power yeah. creep or that those sorts of things.
0: Well, that's the thing they had a while back in the story out last year. They had the alien invader. Uh, what was his name?
1: Oh, I forget.
0: Boros. There we go. There we go. I'm just looking at the actual chapter now. Boros. He was just a parody of freezer from dragon ball you're right it's like oh this is my ultimate form no this is my ultimate form no this is my super ultra mega ultimate form and he kept dreaming up these new forms to take and he'd already been punched by what say so he was just prolonging his life for like two chapters and then he just ended up dying anyway
1: that that arc was great that had one of the best moments of the entire series which one is this when he's on the moon <laughs> it's knocked to the moon. He's like, hmm,
0: <laughs>
1: just another day. That's really, yeah. that's really what is so funny about is that how he sandbags absolutely everything. He's just yeah, not impressed. Not that he's a badass. He just doesn't. It just doesn't phase him at all because it's so
0: yeah. What? He's a sh- <laughs> just a brief overview for the series. Obviously, we talked about it for about five minutes now, but it's about a hero who has trained. I won't say how he trained, but he's trained to the point now where, because that's one of the best gags, finding out how he got his power. So ridiculous and so ludicrous and so, I just love the humor. But he's got to the point now where he can defeat any, any enemy with one punch. And he's so fed up of it because he can't have a good fight anymore. I love this series. Yeah, he's not challenged, so he's just bored all the time. All the time. And I love that. And no it's one, like a, no one like,
1: can believe how powerful he is.
0: Yeah. Do you remember that story? I, one of the early ones, actually, where he gets assassinated by all these half-human, half-animal hybrids.
1: Right. They go after him.
0: They go after him, and he instantly gets attacked by this giant lion-type thing. Yeah. One hit KOs it, and then later on they have this confrontation with the, Gorilla. the cy- gorilla is he's, he's just like just you wait, just wait, you see, wait my just wait till you see the number one he's twice as strong as i am dangles the the lion man's eye <laughs> well, this guy this guy <laughs> it does this every single time there's a chapter i laugh it's like the most recent chapter had king he just appeared and the fact that king he, he he's a hero who doesn't have any powers but people just assume he does because he has this horrifying menacing S- face. And it's so brilliant every time it just turns up. It, it, it's got a great set of running gags now, and every new gag, it, it it's one of my top three favorite ongoing series right now. Whether, if you were to include, like, each series in an anthology, as right. its own title, it would be Judge Dredd, Copperhead, and One Punch Man for me as my favorite ongoing title right now.
1: Sounds about right. One Punch Man is definitely my top five. Might be my, yeah. it might it might be my number one if I'm really honest with myself. I think the only thing that holds it back is that it's its schedule is just so irregular.
0: Yeah. You we'll go like yeah, we'll go like
1: six weeks without a one punch man, and suddenly we'll get three in a row.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you but that's also the good thing because whenever we get a volume, there's always at least one bonus chapter in it. True. So that does kind of, you know, sweeten the wound a little bit that not that I get them, thanks fucking Amazon. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> But every now and again there is a bonus chapter. Um, it's also been noted that One Punch Man is one of the few examples in Japan where there is a shared universe, so it'd be interesting to see if any of one's other webcomics get adapted.
1: Yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting. I wasn't aware that he did other comics, so I'll have to look those up.
0: Yeah, there, there's one called Mob Psycho 99, no, Mob Psycho 100, and then there was one, which which is... Kind of like One Punch Man, but it's a parody of series like Bleach instead. Ah. Um, um, we'll talk about Bleach some other day. Yeah. have well. got a lot to say about Bleach. Got a lot
1: to say about Bleach. Yeah. I, I, just, just to be brief with the recent Bleach stuff, it's okay. There's a lot of. It's it nah. it just feels like endgame.
0: Nah. Yeah. Well, it'll be endgame. It'll take about two years, knowing Kubo. But um, And then there was also a one shot can't remember exactly what it called but it was a parody of things like sailor moon and you know the whole magical girl thing that's big in japan right uh that was absolutely fan bloody fantastic and that had a sequel chapter which was a crossover with one punch man neat um uh so that was cool it, it was only four panels long but it's, it's still a chapter um, let's
1: hope that one punch man's anime doesn't get get tanked
0: yeah, I doubt it will, because one, it's the ninth biggest franchise in Japan right now. That's
1: amazing when you think about it.
0: The fact that it's only like four years old, and it's already nearly on par with Attack on Titan and One Piece, that is pretty amazing. But um yeah, it's also, be, the anime is also being made.
1: But it's being made by Madhouse, which is exactly the group you want doing it.
0: Yeah, because they also did Hunter x Hunter and Hell Parasite. So, well, they did
1: Parasites too.
0: Yes, yeah, they did. Um, really liked both of those series. So we'll talk about Hunter Hunter some other day because that's a big damn bag of worms. Just briefly, because these ones don't come along often before we obviously move on to the graphic novels and stuff, um, the two monthly titles that are published in Shonen Jump are called Blue Exorcist and Seraph of the End. They come out simultaneously together once every four issues. Because they're
1: they're published in the monthly. Um, I want to say Young Jump. No, not Young, no Jump Square. Jump Square. Jump Square. The monthly Jump Square.
0: Yeah, Young Young Jump's the one that publishes all the proper hardcore things okay. like Gantz and All You Need Is Kill. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can always tell um, a Young Jump title because it's full of a hell of a lot of bloodshed. So. Yeah, but no. Blue Exorcist and Seraph of the Ender from Jump Square. So Blue oh, Exorcist
1: decided to do the uh, bathhouse.
0: Yeah, uh, this probably wasn't the best chapter to start talking about the series, no, was it? Really? Definitely
1: in a in a cool down period between story arcs.
0: Yeah, um, got a not, little bit of nipple here, though. I noticed that as well. Yeah, that's don't get that weird. in. Yeah, it's pretty taboo, apparently. But you have got to remember that uh, the author of Blue Exorcist, is Kazooie Kato, is the only female uh, writer and artist in the English Shonen Jump at the moment.
1: I did not realise so, it was made by a woman. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, that is... Um, I, I want to say that's a bit depressing yeah. because of, obviously, some of the female designs. But at the same time, I feel that she's the one who's most at ease to do whatever she wants. Because Blue Exorcist is... It's a pretty big title in Japan. It sells very, very, very well. Yeah,
1: fairly successful.
0: It, it's fairly successful. It's roughly on par with series like um, Jojo, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, but it's, it seems popular enough. Whereas Seraph of the End started out pretty popular in Japan, but now it's borderline tanking. It's only picked up recently because of the anime.
1: Is it tanking? Because I still like it a lot, especially this latest episode. I thought this one was great. Yeah.
0: I thought this was the poorest episode in a long time because I I thought it really was picking up. But then this chapter just seemed to take several steps back and go in a direction that was pointless. Like they could have it seemed to exist purely to introduce the concept of angels in the universe. That's true. And, And you could have done that a lot more concisely than sending the main character back to where he was two chapters ago. I did like how the previous chapter ended, though, with him apparently committing suicide. That was pretty dark.
1: I don't. I liked it. I, I liked how he got his. How how I like. Yeah. I just like how he powered up and went completely yep. bananas, and it still didn't really result in success.
0: Yeah, you do get the feeling that the that the the villains of the series aren't pushovers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are proper. They're here to stay. They're not going to be shoved off in a, Cut a building again. in yeah. half. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. I do like. If there's one problem I have with the vampires, it's that there's a huge amount of variation in design for the male vampires. Not a heck of a lot for the women. That's true. The female vampires are all either uh, lollicons or, or busty. Or, yeah. 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 Um, um. That's another. Obviously, we've talked about that already. It's. It, it also happens, obviously, with the, the humans. I am I feel like the series is going in a direction where we're going to find out that the demons who have contracts with humans are shock horror, evil. Yeah. And that humans, humans are fighting for the wrong side. The vampires legitimately do want the best for Well, they've minutes. already
1: explained the series. Demons are just uh, the end result of vampires that go
0: crazy. Yeah. So. They are the evil of the evil, basically. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know I like this I still I I like where things are right now but that's just me I'm I'm a big fan of these I just like oh, how do I even describe this
0: concisely the kind of persona type. yeah theory.
1: persona it's it's very it's it's yeah it's very persona Shin Megami Tensei uh, yeah demon summoning type stuff that I really Devil May enjoy Cry
0: type Devil May Cry actually I didn't think of that before that's a fairly good comparison yeah a
1: little bit. I haven't played any of the Devil May Cry games unfortunately so I can't draw a direct comparison.
0: Uh no but you see I've I've read the comics that uh, span out from it so I haven't read the played the games either mm. but I'm fairly clued up on it. But um you know it's Sarah occupies the same place as World uh not World, yeah World Trigger and Food Wars do. Yeah. They're, they're not they never it's never a series I particularly look forward to but when it does produce a very very good chapter it is notesworthy. But um so just to wrap
1: this up we should probably mention uh Naruto Ah the Seventh hoju of the in Scar- the Scarlet Spring
0: which is yeah the, the, epi- the mini series sequel to a series that ran for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh 15 years, I say 15 years. It told a story that could have been told in five. Probably. So yeah. Um, I really like early Naruto the first five volumes I do own actually but I got to six volume and that was around about the time I started to read the English Shonen Jump and I realized very quickly that the six volume was the beginning of it going down that long path to being pointless I'm pretty sure there would have been golden moments in between but I'm not about to sit through 15 years worth of comic to find one or two bits that probably were yeah above average yeah
1: I got the sim- I got I a similar in- situation with one piece
0: Oh, yeah. I like One Piece a lot, but not
1: enough to stuff. go through absolutely everything.
0: Yeah. No, I'd I, I'd say the best thing to do with One Piece is just take the backstory as it comes yeah. with the weekly chapters. And that because sort of brings like, us to
1: one of the other big differences with Jump and 2000 AD and other American comics is accessibility is a little questionable sometimes. A lot of these series have been going on an awful long time, and they don't do a lot to really bring you up to speed periodically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it, it the the Weekly Shun Jump does include a nice feature that um kinda gives you a bit of a backstory about each series for new readers before you read it. And there is a bumper issue free sampler, which um the usefulness is ambiguous, but it's nice to have it there nonetheless. Um but no, the, the the thing is with some series, it's best just to throw yourself in, like I recently did with Gru and Osagio Jimbo and Savage Dragon. Um, it is best just to throw yourself straight in, and for series like Bleach, One Piece, um, Naruto, and to a lesser degree Toriko, it's best to just do that. Yeah, newer series like One Punch Man, World Trigger. Um, assassination class, well, that's not any jump, is it? No, unfortunately. Let's we'll talk about assassination classroom another day, but, um, that, it's, it is, there is the potential to go back and read the newer material.
1: That's true. And, you know, I, I've always had the experience of jumping right in and getting, just taking it as it come works just fine. A lot of people get scared of that in comics and it's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I jumped into Savage Dragon midstream. I jumped into Judge Dredd midstream. I jumped into all these midstream. And after about three months, you're pretty much up to speed.
0: Yeah. Except for Naruto,
1: which I Ah, jumped into, and I literally read all the way to the conclusion and still had no idea what was going on. Pretty
0: much. (laughs) Pretty much. But then again, uh, the next issue, I think World Trigger is back. It's been off for a week because the creator is currently ill. Right. What's one Piece is off
1: next week, though.
0: One Piece is off next week after that bloody cliffhanger. I'm um, nervous.
1: Oh, we but, didn't even uh, talk about One Piece. Uh, hopefully, it looks like Rose is finally starting to wind down.
0: Goodness. Yeah. I get the feeling the next one is going to be one of those chapters that One Piece does every now and again where a massive build-up and there's just a comedy ending where Luffy's literally going to turn around and just punch Doflamingo and that's it. Well, that's what everyone
1: keeps saying. He's got to beat him in one punch or they're all dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I do like how Doflamingo has been held as a, ca- a villain, because he, I, I don't know how far you've got with a previous reading of the re- previous material, but Doflamingo was just kind of one of those characters who just turn up, and you had the feeling he had this massive criminal organisation and this island off in the distance where he was organising it all, and now that's all kind of come to an end. One of the big story arcs in One Piece has come to an end. Really? You're kind of going. Well, what's what's there left now, other than the fact that obviously Doflamingo had these big, powerful pirate benefactors. Right.
1: That's sort of the impression. That, that's we got. where it's he's like, be going now. On. He's like small fruit. Well, he's big fruit, but he's like the bottom rung to like this other
0: climbing they've got to make. Yeah, basically that's where it's going to be going from now, because the the overall there is no single main antagonist to one piece. I used to say it was going to be Doflamingo, but that's not the case anymore. Right. It's probably going to be like um well as I said there isn't any. You've got the four emperors who are the big powerful ones, one of which has been a previous very noteworthy villain when he'll to Do you know the the guy Burgess who keeps popping up in this arc?
1: Yes, is he the big guy with the scar on his health. face?
0: Uh, No, that's Sabo. He's the guy... Jesus is the big kind of luchador type um, with the face mask and the beard. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, him. Uh, He is the first man for a pirate called, well, unimaginatively named Blackbeard, who is kind of the big main antagonist of the series. But at the same time, the main antagonist is also the world government because they're... Apparently based off. You well know, gone back to North Korea. Um, God damn it! They are a satire of China and uh, North Korea, the the world government in one. The, p- the guys of the navy works for because the navy always gets betrayed. The navy bad does. Work, yeah, the navy works for um, the the world government, of course. But um, there's a few people in the navy, like the, the the admirals, who just kind of do it out of well, we don't like a pirate life, we don't like the navy life. But of the two, the navy is the lesser evil, right? So it's, it's, it's like we've got the, the samurai guy, the, the – what was his name? Fujitora. He's an admiral. He's just kind of going around, and I think he's going to go rogue after this. Yeah.
1: One Piece is but, another series that has a lot of characters to keep track of.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, it's going to get very confusing in future as well as they start bringing back more of the characters before it went on like a year-long break.
1: Oh, is that what's going on? Is char- we're, we're still getting characters to return after the, um, after the one-year gap?
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, it's, Cause, it, it's, it's never going to blow. Because I was again. wondering about that guy
1: who looks like Luffy. I guess it's his brother.
0: Sabo, yeah, yeah, they're not, they're blood brothers. Uh, they're not related. They're not ex-brothers. But they are, like, this kind of band. Yeah, yeah, packed brothers. But, um... I, I I don't know. I I think Dress Rose has gone on a little too long. It's because since I
1: started and that was two years ago, three years.
0: Yeah, ago. it's it's. But I have actually looked since, and I think it. I don't know the sp- specific chapter counts, but it is the single longest story arc in one piece by about twofold. Huh. So it's twice it's twice as long as any other arc, um, with the exception of the war arc. Well, it, it's, it's kind of had like two pieces.
1: First, it had the Coliseum stuff, and now it's kind of into the actual conflict yeah. stuff
0: yeah but as you said it's probably got two three maybe four chapters at the most and then it's done i hope so and then they can move on to the next one which does look really interesting because they go into a nation of samurais dragons zombies we've seen it before but it's this is the first time it's actually going to be the focus of the story huh. and it's it's it seems like one of the cooler settings in the universe so i'm really looking forward to that Uh, Did you
1: by any chance read the Knights of the Zodiac uh, Jump Back?
0: Now, of all the Jump Backs so far, I've pretty much read all of them. This was the only one so far I've not read. Um, It's typically 80s, typically old school, but at the same time, I'm kind of compelled to see where it went. I don't think it was complete trash.
1: So I thought you said (laughs) you didn't read it.
0: No, I did read it. Oh. I did read it.
1: Oh, you mean of them, you didn't think it was complete trash?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like we did the jump back for that vampire high school Yeah, thing. that was
1: kind of not very good.
0: That was pretty damn awful. Of these, Knights um, of the Zodiac, I think, is definitely the one I'd like to see. I'd, I'd like to pick up the collected editions, yeah. basically. I would like to read it. It does seem okay, like it look, has an interesting universe.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I kind of like it because, like you said, it's got that eighties vibe. It's got the violence. It's got like the weird obsession with mythology. Yeah, it's got
0: post fist of the North Star violence. Definitely, like a lot of people having their heads punched off.
1: Um, I will say, um, Claymore was pretty good.
0: As John uh, you should go and read all of Claymore. I probably uh, should. Th- Yeah, I know you said you're not keen on fantasy. It's more along the lines of Berserk and Vinland saga. Right, that's
1: the impression I got. I do like Vinland saga a lot.
0: Yeah, I would definitely recommend you go and read the rest of Claymore, or at least read a little bit more of it and see whether you like the rest of it. Because it has a very. It's one of my favourites to come out of the Jump Comics line. I absolutely love it. Yeah,
1: I got to agree. Knights of the Zodiac looks pretty good. I, ac- I actually only skimmed it because I was in a hurry, but uh, right. just on the skim, it looked like pretty interesting stuff. I'm going to go back and read it. Yeah. So that's about it. I mean, uh, we've read True. all of them, although I guess uh, we should uh, do a quick check. Uh, Mizekoi, still shit?
0: I'm not even bothering reading it anymore. <laughs> Still shit. Literally, I it's I I don't even count it anymore. When I talk about stuff I like in Shonen Jump, I forget Nisakoi's even there. Oh my god,
1: it's one... Oh, my god, I mean there are bad comics, series. bad series. There's
0: bad comics and then there's bad popular comics, yeah. which is what Nisa Koi is. Luckily, it has, as I found out recently, dropped out of the top ten, so there's a possibility it will get axed.
1: If uh, hopefully someone will read our prayers because it is yeah. not very good. So anyway, that's Weekly Shonen Jump. What did you like what do you think was uh your favorite of this last month? One Punch Man. Yeah, unfortunately I got to give it to One Punch Man as well. It just kind of blows yep. everything else out of the water.
0: Yeah, I I would Well, I wouldn't say close runner up because One Punch Man is so ungodly good. Yeah. It's unfair to compare it to the other titles. If I was to give it to a runner up, it would be a very close possible equal tie between Hero Academia and Toriko, even though Toriko... That's has right, been we need to deb- talk about Toriko. We can talk about Toriko some other time. Yeah, we'll talk more about
1: Toriko another time. There's a lot to talk about in Toriko that we should probably...
0: Especially do. considering that not an awful lot's happened this last month. No. But the direction it's going in next month, looks like there'll be a heck of a lot more to talk about. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I think I'm going to give it to... Um, other than One Punch Man, I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give it to My Hero Academia myself. Yeah. I think that's a Midian. really good place right now. It's really got a lot of stuff building right now, a lot of stuff cooking.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to where that um, anti-hero villain's going. Yeah. That Stein guy. Uh, I, I really want to see the rest of his story arc. Uh, this is it. When you can say there's plenty of characters you want to see their story arcs of, it's a, it's a win-win series. It is.
1: It doesn't seem like it's overly burdened with a lot of main characters, like some series. But it's early days yet, yeah. so we'll see.
0: Right. Should we talk briefly about... Any kind of graphic novel series you're reading? Yeah, over the last
1: month, I've actually had an opportunity to read a bunch of stuff. I um, um, there was a humble bundle, uh, which is a way to get a bunch of usually video games, but they also yes. do a book bundle. Uh, they yes. did a whole bunch of graphic novels from IDW and uh, uh, shit, um, Top Shelf, which I believe is owned by IDW. Top now. Shelf, yes, yes. Um, they did a whole bundle for stuff, and what came in that bundle was basically all the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen volumes that DC mm. didn't publish, as yes. well as a bunch of, um, um, uh shit, that, that crime noir series, uh, Darwin Cookie does. Uh,
0: it's something Parker. Parker. Yeah, Parker. Parker. It's just Parker, Parker isn't it? It yeah. is just Parker.
1: And a bunch of other stuff, like March volume 2 which I haven't read yet which I really should yeah. read. Anyway, so last week I took the opportunity to reread all of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's century which okay. I I bought when it came out they came out in individual volumes uh, over mm. the last few years and I liked it at the time. Overall a lot of people had a lot of complaints about the series, yeah. but reading it all at once, I think it reads a lot better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Generally on the whole, I like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's, it's not my favourite comic, it's not my favourite Alan Moore comic, it's not my favourite Kevin O'Neill comic, but it is something that I consistently rely on to entertain. And the fact that it doesn't outlive its welcome, like, each volume is maximum 100 pages. Right. It is not, it, and they're all more or less self-contained stories. It's only the first two ones set during the Victorian era, which I think is the iconic one. Right. I think that's
1: what a lot of people can't quite get over is how it starts out is like the Victorian team-up comic. And that's kind of what people want. But the Century stories kind of got away from that to do its own thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Have you read the um, Nemo spin I read them all.
1: I I will say I enjoyed all the Nemo books slightly more than the Century books.
0: Definitely. I I consider the Nemo um, novels to be the better follow-ups. Mostly because they're self-contained, also because it gives a much-needed, unsexualized female lead character. I kind
1: of like them because they're more of an adventure-type story, yes. like the original yeah. League volumes, where Century was more not that.
0: I loved Heart of Ice because it was basically um, Mountains of Madness yes. with Captain Nemo in it. Yes. So there's nothing I'm not going to dislike there. I really like River
1: of Ghosts I really like how it wound up coming to an end and I really like the Hugo Hercules character I thought he was great oh yes yes
0: yeah yeah I I liked everything about the Nemo ones Um, it does feel like though that um, River of Ghosts is the last installment in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen he seems to have moved Alan Moore seems to have moved away from that and instead wants to build on his Neonomicon Okay.
1: That's interesting. I kind of got the impression he had something one more up his sleeve, maybe. But I guess I don't know where I got that impression from.
0: No, no, no. You could no. You could be right. It's just I haven't seen at the end of every previous League of Extraordinary Gentlemen story. There's been, um, I don't know what the words for them are. It's not an epilogue. It's not like a. a f- there's been something to insinuate that there would be a second book.
1: Ah, I see what you're saying.
0: I didn't pick up on anything at the end of this one, so that could have just been It does me. seem
1: like a lot has been wrapped up.
0: Yeah, I, I really can't see there being any more in the foreseeable future, because instead he's, he's said he's got a shit ton of ideas for Neonomicon. What's Neonomicon? Um, it's, it's a H.P. Lovecraft series. It's an Alan Moore H.P. Lovecraft series. Okay. So um
1: it hasn't come out yet or it's what he's working on right now the
0: the first series came out back in 2012 i think did it and he's only only just started to release the sequel i can't remember what it's called i haven't been picking it up but there's one or two chapters into it or uh, one or two issues into it already uh, someone on the 2080 forum said they were picking it up, so I'd have to go and chase that up. But, I'll need um, to dig
1: it up myself, if that's what he's primarily working on right now.
0: Yeah, I've not read it myself other than, apparently the first one was based on Dagon, the H.P. Lovecraft story, Dagon. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read much H.P.L.
1: I haven't, unfortunately. I've tried.
0: No, no. Um, in which case, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but um, it seems interesting to me. To me, Alan Moore is. He, all his best work has been put out now, and now he's just a kind of cozy writer who I come to every now and yeah, again. Yeah, actually,
1: this is the, the, the reason why story. I didn't notice Neo is because it's it was published by Avatar, and Avatar's published a bunch of Alan Moore stuff in the past. Yeah. None of it very good.
0: I Yeah, I will grant you that. He actually published an autobiography. Well, no, he published a biography that Avatar put out, and basically there's an entire chapter where he just. Absolutely shreds the Avatar um, managers and the distributors and the way it works. Um, Avatar seems to be a pretty backwater company, as far as I'm concerned. I think their only big writer at the moment is Alan Moore. Oh no, Ennis. No, they got Garthens. they got
1: Ennis and Miller's done stuff through them, and I want, yeah Ennis and Miller have both done. And uh, yeah, I
0: don't talk about Miller and Ellis. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah, they course. they've
1: published. It's, it's a really weird number of high profile people that they've published
0: in the past. But it's all been some of their lesser work. Right. Literally, the only title from them that I can remember is Garth Ennis War Stories, and that's only because I do like Garth Ennis War Stories. That's I I, I wasn't even aware of Neonomicon until a couple of weeks ago. Right. So, well, I, I, despite the fact it's coming from Alan Moore, I'm amazed that he I, it slipped under my radar for. So many years.
1: Huh. I'll have to look it up myself. So other than that, I've also had the opportunity to read, um, for the first time, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Uh, the 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 second arc, Battle um, Tendency. Yes. Which uh, features the grandson of the original JoJo, who was in uh, Phantom Blood. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of came into JoJo a little bit backwards. I started watching the anime as it was coming out. I re- watched. The, I basically watched all of Phantom Blood in anime form, and then I watched the yeah. first episode of Battle Tendency, and then I stopped because I went because that then the the digital graphic novels of the comics started the manga started coming out. So I bought yeah. all the Phantom Blood manga, read that, said, "Huh, this is pretty good," and I actively yeah. decided to stop watching the anime because I just wanted to read the manga version
0: source material. So now yeah. that
1: I'm into Battle tena- uh, Tendency, I don't know why I keep saying Battle Tenacity. Yeah. I got into Battle Tendency, I'm finally reading JoJo that I have not seen before. Yeah. And it's pretty good.
0: Have you finished the first volume?
1: I've finished uh, all that's available right now.
0: Okay. I'm all the okay. way up
1: to, uh, it's, it's volume four of the entire series. Yeah, it is.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a big, big, big JoJo fan, which is saying a lot considering I didn't even know it existed until last year. <laughs> um but um, I'm currently picking up the physical volumes. Yeah,
1: they're coming out a bit slower. We're Digital's a bit further ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah it, you're on the first volume of part two. I'm currently only on the second volume of part one. Gotcha. Um, what I have found with part one is, where I originally kind of put it aside as being the lesser part of the entire saga, I found I've liked a lot more about it this time around than I did the first time. I liken it to Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, the old Hammer Horror movie. Yeah, it's
1: very Hammer Horror. I, I think when I make a comparison to people that I know, I say it's a lot like like Castlevania. Yes, yeah. It's got that definitely Hammer Horror going on.
0: But then it's also like um, Knights of the Zodiac, very, very 80s. Very 80s. Very- Post-Fist of the North Star Shonen Jump. It, because it was published in Shonen Jump between 1987... And 2004. Now it's published in another magazine by Shueisha but um, that's it. it Base is one of the longest running comics in Japan right now, right? And it's it's been a massive thing there ever since it came out. So it's it's a it's completely baffling that such a popular series has only just become a hit in 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 the West. In the last twelve months.
1: Yeah, it it, is. See, they initially made an attempt to push it back in early two thousands with a couple of video games, and uh, they they, they skipped straight ahead to uh,
0: to part three. Part
1: three, and it didn't do well. But people have been saying for years, all it takes is is like some hook, and it's going to be a hit. And this time, it had the anime to push it.
0: Yeah, and now it's a hit. Yeah. The part three anime um, has a few advantages over the part one and two because the production values went up. The animation's a lot better. It has a lot more room. Like, each episode covers one story arc in part three. Um, Unless it's like a six or eight part story arc, in which case it'll be like two episodes. Right, But... um, they, they they are on the last the most recent episode I think was the third to last the one that came out on Friday. It's
1: getting close to the end of the
0: arc. It's getting close to the end, um, which is a little bit kind of like it might actually be the penultimate one, because from what I remember of part three, there's not enough left to fill out two episodes. So it almost the next one. Well, that almost sounds like really
1: left. condensed.
0: No, it, the, the last the last story arc of part three is ridiculously fast paced. Ah. Like, even though it's 17 chapters long, it flicks through so quickly you could probably get through. It'll be when it comes out in English again because these hardcovers and the digital editions now are omnibus editions. Right. Um, it will be collected in a single volume, and you'd probably be able to read it because of how fast. Seriously. It is in like the part a, three about, that
1: everyone so was like crazy about fits into only one of these volumes. These the, the, the omnibus the, volumes. The, the,
0: no, no, no. The, the final oh. seven. The final seventeen chapters. Of oh, part two,
1: okay. I thought volume. it was longer. I thought I
0: was part confused. Three, yeah, yeah. Part three is ten volumes long in these omnibus editions.
1: Oh, that's quite long.
0: Ten, ten volumes. Yeah. Whereas obviously part one was only three. Part four. Part two will only be four. Um, that's a bit and, longer
1: than I thought. I thought it was only two. But okay.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. Part two is slightly longer than part one, but. The, um, it, it, the one thing that has annoyed me with these omnibuses is the same fixed price, but they're all a different page count. That's weird. It is. But, um, overall, I think they're fantastic. volumes. Oh yeah. They're great. I, I, re- I really like how, obviously because you've got the whole eighties what Araki's artwork was like then. And then you've got the, what his art style is like now on the front and back cover. Yeah.
1: I actually went back and I tried to start reading, um, steel ball run
0: okay
1: uh just on scanlations just to try you know try to
0: catch part seven are awful i have to say really 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 bad quality okay but uh, you were saying go on i was
1: saying i heard what i heard was that's sort of a cutoff point where the the modern era of jojo kind of comes out of because it started off as his own spin-off thing and then sort of became like the regular series is that at all accurate
0: yeah, yeah. So, so I decided to one, try to one.
1: jump ahead, try to just see if I could just jump in. And yeah, the art's a lot different.
0: Yeah, it is. But w- what it was was Araki originally intended Jojo to be only one thing. Then he got bored with part one, so he made part two, and he <laughs> thought, might as well make a trilogy. um Then he thought, I really want to make a fourth part, so he made a fourth part, a fifth part, and a sixth part. The the sixth part concludes the original series. It's it's the final. It it brings all the previous flop plot threads together and just ends it. And then part seven was Steel Ball Run. Steel Ball Run. Uh which wasn't originally supposed to be JoJo. Johnny Joestar, star the the JoJo of that art wasn't introduced until the second chapter. Huh. So um it was originally supposed to be a new story out focusing on a new character with a new world. And it wasn't going to have stands or ripple or Hammond or vampires or anything like that. It was going to be a completely new thing. And then it did. And then he said, you know what? Sack it. I just want to make another Jojo. So that's what he did. And he brought stands back and everything. And now we're here with part eight, which is the sequel to part seven, Um, which I still, yeah, I still want to get that in the English jump.
1: That'd be great. That'd be fantastic.
0: But no, it's you say you're on part two. What are you making of it so far in comparison to part? To one? part
1: one, it's a little bit looser. Uh, it's not the, the 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 there aren't as many characters. I actually thought Smokey was going to stick around as a sidekick character a lot. Longer. He
0: comes back later.
1: He does come back later because he disappears yeah. after like the first couple chapters. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. He stays he back. He comes back later, definitely. Yeah.
1: Um. I was surprised. Well, uh, I don't know if it's a major, if it's a spoiler, but uh, I was surprised when he killed off a character in the first chap. In the first
0: chapter. I know who you're on about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is kind of um very very, out of nowhere. I thought that was uh, a risky move, but it was a risky move. But then at the end of the day, yeah. Considering who that character is, I think Iraqi basically thought, I can't have a Nazi as, as hero. a hero yeah as your yeah. as your as your as
1: your partner empathetic
0: character. character he was never an empathetic character for when he was around was, basically this character is strawheim who was the influence for guile and uh, street fighter was he uh, oh he was i did yeah. oh he had the flat top i see that now i guess the, the, flat top, it, the muscles and basically the uh, obviously guile was a massive Pro American type right. character. I guess that was the kind of the exact
1: opposite. Point. Yeah. Now it makes a lot more sense because it makes sense that because this JoJo would have happened way before Street Fighter two came. Uh, Street yeah. Fighter two came around.
0: Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so there's another three volumes of Part Two after that. I'm still on the second volume of Part One, Part Three, which I got. Amazon are fecking losing everything. They're, they're losing my customercy. Yeah. I guess, Amazon UK. Amazon UK because I got a dispatch uh, email for part for Volume Three of Part One, and I expected it to come alongside Volume One, Volume Two even. And when I opened up the parcel, thinking this is a bit small, it only had Volume Two, <laughs> and then I got another email saying that it's been set back to August. So I was a bit like,
1: "Oh, so it wasn't ever released? It's
0: never been released."
1: Well, that sounds like a distributor problem.
0: It is a distributor can't give well, you something
1: easy. that they don't have.
0: Yeah. But uh, it, it'll probably be something with Viz. Viz probably said because for the longest time it was listed as August. Then, like two months before, uh, it got moved forward to the same day as Volume Two. So I was like, "Oh, cool." Um, but no, never materialized. never materialized. Well, that's unfortunate. No.
1: It's pretty good. I mean, I, I like. To, like I said, I yeah. get it digitally. I buy it through Amazon because they're up to they're further ahead, and I buy everything digital these yeah. days. And the quality's really good, as far as I can tell.
0: What do you think about it as like an expanded kind of thing? Because obviously, it, it does have characters coming back from part one.
1: Yeah, I actually think it works really good as like a generational story. I think they, they structure he, he if he if he just decided to kill his character and start a second generation, just on a whim. I think he did it yeah. really well.
0: Yeah, because there was at least three four characters who came back from part one so it did feel like a sequel yeah it did feel like and a they're full. all
1: aged i mean it's all they're all like they're not in their prime yeah. you can totally tell yeah. it's not like he yeah
0: straight's well, kind of cheated didn't he because he put the vampire mask on
1: oh yeah i forgot about that yeah. part yeah he, yeah he, he becomes a vampire i thought that was an interesting twist on a character we met in part one that decided to do a heel turn yeah Oh. Uh,
0: but then obviously, they decide to up the game from just normal vampires. Yeah, that's, I also it. like
1: that. Is that th- this guy gets set up as, oh, this is the villain of the arc. Oh, no, he's not.
0: Yeah, you've got this whole other group of even more powerful. And oh, this guy's a Nope,
1: he's not the villain of the arc either.
0: Yeah, but this is why I liked Santana as a villain because he was a David Cronenberg type monster who could creep inside your body and make you explode. Yeah. And you never really knew where he was when he was kind of scuttling about the Nazi base. You you did get a feel of aliens about him. He was very creepy. Yeah, He was a very
1: unsettling bad guy. I thought that was, yeah, yeah, that was, that was really interesting, especially. And there's another
0: three of them that pop up in the next volume and they're all equally as creepy. So I like part two. It's one of my favorites of the series. But um, So, uh, that, the-
1: that was me, League of Extraordinary JoJo. Gentlemen, and more JoJo.
0: What about you? Yeah, I've, I've already talked about the fact that I've, I got JoJo, so I'll just move on to the other series, which I just finished reading, is Charlie's War. Ah,
1: Charlie's War.
0: Maybe, uh, maybe the it's, only
1: other Pat Mills work I actually like.
0: Yeah, it's funny we should talk about Pat Mills again. Um, I really loved this. I loved it. Loved, uh, it because... I don't know what it's like in America um, with the um, – how the the British side was depicted during the war. Yeah. But here in the UK, there's a real sense of everybody read about it in school, everybody knew it was –
1: First World War doesn't get a lot of coverage in the US, to mm, be completely honest.
0: We're more World War
1: Two oriented when we talk about yeah. war history. Think, yeah. yeah. But I can completely yeah. understand why World War I is more your defining war. Yeah, what happened.
0: It, well, it's, it's the European War, right. and Pat Mills obviously knew about this a lot. I believe his grandfather was a partial influence for the character of Charlie Bourne. Yeah. And some of the escapades that um, Pat Mills read about in his grandfather's diary actually made it into the comic, like the whole Charlie learning to um, fire mortar shells from a tank, ah. one of the early tanks. That, that was something Pat Mills' grandfather did, um, I should point out
1: I read some of Charlie's War. I got the – back four, five, six years ago. I yeah. think I got the first five volumes.
0: This is before you went digital. Before I it went digital. Fully. Yeah. yeah. When the
1: uh, when they were coming out, I stopped at volume five because I, what happened was I, I read the first two and then I kind of stopped reading them. But I kept buying yeah. them. So I had to stop doing that because I wasn't reading
0: yeah. them. Well, um, I'll give a brief overview as well. For Charlie's War was published in the War Comics equivalent to 2018, which was called Battle Picture Weekly. That was published between 1983 and 1980... No, 1993, I think. It had a fairly long run. Yeah, 10 years. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was cancelled and similar titles were transferred to the New Eagle, uh, which was obviously the rebooted Eagle, which had Dan Dare and everything in it. Um, Charlie's War was one of these, which is why it lasted so long. It c- collected in 10 hardback volumes by Titan. I've now picked up and read them all. It kind of upsets my OCD a little bit because the, each one has a little poppy at the oh top. Oh my
1: God, spot. you're right.
0: Except for volume three.
1: I have that. That does bother the hell out of me.
0: Uh, it drives me crazy. I, yeah, that... <laughs> I'm half tempted to just print one out and just stick it on
1: Staple it, it on there.
0: Yes. Yeah. It, that, that that's something that I t- <laughs> shouldn't bother me, but does. Yeah. Um. But no, it's it's really really good. Proper good comics. Um. It's not one of these war comics where the protagonist is an immortal, unbeatable machine. Yeah, that's
1: sort of what's interesting about Charlie's Wars. is it's it's not Sergeant Rock. It's, oh no. it, it, it's this is uh, he's a private in the the English army during World War two World War one and it is brutal
0: yeah there's no kind of holding back um now I've finished the series um I do realize that he went through a heck of a lot of yeah territory. that's sort of
1: Charlie's thing is he basically survives all the terrible things that happened to everybody else he's kind of like the, the Forrest gump of World War one
0: yeah the the cast is constantly changing there's only like two or three other well, no, probably more than that. There's, there's a small group of characters who survived the war um, who were with him from the very beginning. One of them was his sergeant, one was the machine gunner, and um, one was his commander, Captain Snell. Right. Who's who a complete lunatic. by the Of course he lives it's, through the war. That's how yeah, it goes. Yeah, that's the irony of it all. Um, where it's pretty much all the privates and the other supporting characters get knocked off. Yeah as the series goes along. And that's kind of heartbreaking because I can't think of a series that ran for so long that had this many characters that didn't survive to the end. It's quite... Pat Mills said that he he wasn't one for keeping characters around. It's like, in the early chapters, Charlie had a best friend called Ginger and I kind of always assumed that Ginger would be his buddy who would survive to the end of the war with him. Ginger got killed off in the fourth volume and (laughs) that was the end of that. Yeah. Never, never got referenced again, and that's that's why I really liked it because it was bitter, bleak, cynical, but also had a very English charm about it that you can't get in anything else other yeah. than a.
1: There isn't a lot like it, at least not, yeah. especially not during its era. Oh yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, now
1: there's plenty of, like. Uh, gritty war stories that are more, yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Yeah, there's
0: a lot more comics like Charlie's War, like Robbie Morrison made one called Dead Snow, uh, not Dead Snow, and that's the zombie movie. Um, White Death ah. about Italian soldiers who were forced to make um, uh, snow um, avalanches in order to kill um, German troops. Uh, German troops? Um, enemy troops. I am... Um, when it comes to how certain other countries were, it, it all gets a bit vague after a certain point. Yeah. Um, but um, if anybody would like to like make a comment or anything about that, I don't know. Someone send me an email uh, explaining that. I don't know, but it, it gets it gets very confusing. But um, um, no, the Robbie Morrison comic it doesn't have the same edge that Charlie's war did. Okay. And I think, I think Charlie's war set a precedence and it's probably going to be one of my favorite comics from now on. I can't think of another comic that made me feel such a role. And, that, and that's
1: funny because how strong we feel about Pat Mills on most everything else he did.
0: Yeah. That's the irony. That it, it is for me. One of the three, my three favorite Pat Mills comics. The other ones being nemesis and martial law. Right. But um, oh, ABC Warriors! Ah, yes, ABC Warriors. Well, so, no,
1: old yeah. ABC Warriors. I'm not old too hot ABC on the current.
0: Warriors. Yeah, up to and including Chronicles and Chaos. So, uh, but ABC Warriors is a story for another day, once again. Yep. Um, yeah. I that, think we, we've
1: talked about plenty of stuff this episode. I think uh, yeah. I think we yeah, can save a little bit time. for the next two, next one.
0: Yeah um okay then so do you want to start signing off
1: yeah um so yeah this was our first episode guys in case you didn't notice um we uh we want to keep making these in the future and so we're going to try to get this episode out there make sure that people can hear it um it's definitely going to be on a website at some point we'll uh hopefully have that sorted out soon enough um, um i don't have an email for us yet either which i probably should have done uh so i'll definitely have a Stick a contact email at the end of this episode. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, feel free to contact us at that at that email address. And uh, don't forget to subscribe or uh, RSS our website so that you know when we get new episodes go up. We're also going to be on iTunes, of course, and I do hope to have us up on YouTube at some point as well.
0: Yeah. Also, don't forget to check out Jim's other um, podcast, Savage Fincast, which he does with two other very, very good presenters. They've got quite a few chapters, uh, chapters, there episodes of that up already, and it's a very, very, very good podcast, I have to say. Yeah, we've been doing that for a
1: couple of years. So if you're into Savage Dragon, check us out. Um, Zach, you also have a review website of some
0: kind. I have a blog on Tumblr called Bookcase uh, Bookcase Building and Eternal Frustration. I don't update it half as much as I'd like to. I do have a queue going back about 200 posts, which I just regularly update with reviews whenever I have time. But, um, yeah, go and check that out if you want to have a look at some nice uh, art scans. I cover a lot of independent stuff, a lot of manga, a lot of British comics. Basically, more or less, more of the stuff that we were talking about today.
1: So yeah, that's us. That's what we're we're into and if you want to hear more about us, we'll see you again in a month.